Hello, and welcome to the Seattle Coffee Gear Podcast. I am your host, Pat, and joining me this week is Ariel. How's it going, Ariel? Oh, it's going all right. How are you, Pat? I'm doing pretty good. Um, very busy. Uh, Same. It's <laughs> uh, we have a lot of uh, exciting planning stuff and a lot of exciting content being produced since we're going to be new year starting it fresh and um hitting the bricks so uh it's been very busy but a good week and a lot of cool creative stuff um how about you have you is there anything you're excited that you're working on or any kind of coffee or or gear that you're that you're enjoying right now um (laughs) well we um i i did accidentally leave the uh the new cold brew keg that I was supposed to be playing with at the studio. Um, oh. so I have to swing by the office to pick that up uh, sometime here in the uh, in the near future. Yeah, that thing is very cool. I don't know uh, if it'll be live on the side by the time people hear this or not. Um, but I mean, that's the kind of thing we can definitely tease. It's but it's it's basically you'll see more about it when it when it hits the site. But um, it's uh, it's basically like a. Um, nitro infuser for I'm cold so brew so you can get nitro cold brew at home with it and it's really really cool you can use it for other i think you can use it for beer and stuff too um uh i, I think it's like a, a separate keg because i did some like research and okay got, yeah because okay. it doesn't like carbonate but it does infuse with like the nitrogen gotcha like a, a different gotcha. keg for beer but i think you could probably do like tea with it too mm-hmm. yeah there's there's definitely other applications i don't know i haven't played it with it enough to know um what the limits are but it's pretty cool. And and the company has other ones available, too, which are pretty neat. So, um, yeah, I'm excited about that thing, too. I need to play with it. And um, and and uh, I'm excited for when you are done with it and I can yeah. <laughs> mess around with it a little bit. Cause I'll, you send have you, I'll send you my recipes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and I'll give it a shot at, at the office. Um, yeah. I have just been continuing. I, I shot a, a really fun... Um, Rocket Apartamento, Deletta Bello crew comparison yesterday. I've been continuing oh, cool. to enjoy working with the 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 Bello. It's really cool. Um, it's just a really pretty machine too. It's nice. I don't a, a dark secret. This is a preference thing, so don't anybody come after me with pitchforks. I'm mm-hmm. not crazy about the way that E61 machines look typically. Like it's not my favorite aesthetic among espresso machines. I tend to be more into the like. Um, the the like sort of scasso ranchilio sort of um the 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 sort of more modern looking machines that are almost a little more coffee boxy but ah. in a different way um yeah and uh but the bellows really i actually really like the way that one in particular looks it's subtle the differences but i like mm-hmm. it yeah it's just the fact that it's available and you know something other than shiny chrome is, is exactly really nice too that's a big part of it for me too like the other one that i like the most is the apartamento nera which mm-hmm. is because it has some powder coating on it i like i like the the powder coating a lot more than just the the straight up chrome um and especially because as beautiful as the the shiny chrome looks in studio and stuff um i'm just terrible with fingerprints so uh i get i get them all over chrome Stuff. Yeah, same. I have to. I have to really just like wipe down my rocket. Yeah. frequently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so both and and it's kind of cool. It's nice. It's fun to do comparisons with some of these machines. It's fun to have more E sixty one machines in because um, e, there's interesting points of comparison between stuff like the Apartamento and the Bello that are fun to talk about because it's not a simple question of like 
well, the rocket's better because of this, or the bellows better because of this. They're very much um, subjective in the things that you will find about them. Mm-hmm. So it's fun to talk about where they're different and sort of share like, I like this on this and I like this on this, but I, don't, I can't give you a hard yes or no, which one is better that you should buy. And I much prefer yeah. those kinds of comparisons. So that's yeah. been, that's been fun. Those are always, those are always a good time. Yeah. Um, and then I, Oh, I did film the uh, Valentine's day drink video nice. yesterday. That's fun. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking for it. I was looking at the recipes for that. I don't want to spoil them here, but um, but they are they look delicious as always. So <laughs> just uh, just wait till you see the uh, St. Patrick's Day. Oh no! Recipe. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to. I don't even know what day St. Patrick's Day falls on this year, but we'll have to um, to see. I'll see if there's anybody working in the office. I'll have to make like a round of whatever they are. All right, so um, this week for our topic, we're going to be talking about um, just sort of weird, um, atypical brewing setups that we may have encountered or have thought of <laughs> recently. <laughs> I was talking to somebody else on the, the team, and they, they thought it would be an interesting subject, and I agreed. So um, I kind of petitioned you for some ideas on weird ways you've made coffee in the past and, and weird stuff we could come up with. Oh, you know, I like to make it weird. Pat. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it should be pretty fun. Um, yeah. So like the the idea that kind of spawned this for me and it's going to be all over the place. I think we're just going to chat about it. But like the, yeah. the idea that spawned this for me was the idea of using like what what would it be like? And I have I, I've tested this before, but not super recently. The idea of like, what if you took something like a Eureka Atom, which is like one of the highest end grinders you can get for home use, and then mm-hmm. paired it with like a DeLonghi Dedica? And would that improve the quality of your shots? You uh, know, <laughs> I'm curious what you think. Like, if you I think have, that what kind of effect it would have. They actually did that at uh, the the Kirkland location, formerly Bellevue. Um, they did that with an Atom 75 and a Breville Bambino Plus, and mm-hmm. yeah, plan. there was actually a, a noticeable noticeable difference, even though the uh, the baskets were pressurized. Sure. Well, I I think that's an interesting thing about pressurized baskets that is um, kind of helpful to understand, and with the way that grinders work in general, when you look at like. Grind, real grinder quality, not just the feature set, but what mm-hmm. what actual grounds quality. What you're looking for is that like high degree of consistency and the ability to dial in a very specific grind. So like even on a stepless, like you're looking for settings that you can nudge it, you know, a millimeter and you might be able to notice a difference depending on the machine that you're using and like Mm -hmm. pressurized porta filters basically just help you get more into the right like range i guess yeah like they're more they're a lot more forgiving um you know because they are the ones that are creating the pressure but it it still helps to dial in the grind to the best of your ability you know just because that is still a huge part of being able to make a good shot of espresso yeah exactly and if you're gonna if you get a, a, a grind dialed in that is like super super precise it can still improve the quality of your drink even coming from a pressurized portafilter so i think mm-hmm. it's an interesting experiment because i think it speaks to the way that all these different moving parts interact there's no easy answers it's not like oh you just use a pressurized portafilter then your grind doesn't matter um 
it's it's all more on sort of a sliding scale so uh yeah, yeah. so i think that's an interesting and and then like the problem is it doesn't necessarily work in the inverse <laughs> if you use like a um i don't know i'm trying to think of a good example of something that's like entry level grinder like maybe like a base satay and you use it with a gs3 <laughs> yeah <laughs> like you're not i don't mm. know that you're gonna see the same jump in shot quality no that I don't you would think, see going the other way yeah i don't think you would because it, you, you know the gs3 is it's an amazing machine but yeah it you the grinder is just yeah. so important. It's so you know? reliant on that yeah. piece of the puzzle. So because you know, it's like if you think of it in terms of like a musical instrument, like you could have a crap violin, but if you have the right bow, you can make it sound really decent. Sure. But if you have an amazing violin with a crappy bow, then it's going to it's totally, not yeah. going to sound the same. Yeah, that's the perfect example. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting. Um, mm. I've also got some other like quick hits um obscure things like i don't know how many people know anymore about stuff like vacuum pots and percolators oh vacuum pots for my specialty yeah (laughs) i I think there's still some awareness of them but when was the Mm -hmm. last time that you had vacuum pot coffee uh pretty recently actually just uh don't come at me but i did used to work at the uh, starbucks reserve roastery Mm -hmm. in, in downtown seattle um and i i could do probably six at a time um but That's essentially awesome. yeah. <laughs> you know you had to like follow very specific steps if you didn't want them to explode because the water does get so so super heated that you have to really proceed with caution yeah um my worst but, nightmare yeah, <laughs> i love making coffee on a vacuum pot just because there's like so much showmanship yeah um you know and it does kind of coax out the, the natural acidity and the sweetness in in a coffee, you know, so it works really well for like rare single origin coffees if you want to kind of like really highlight the 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 flavor. Um, so basically, it actually predates the French press. But what happens is you've got like your water in the bottom, and then you've got like this glass insert in the top. So that's kind of the the glass balloon version, which was invented by a French woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was also one of the first methods to use a, a paper filter. So basically, once you start to see the water kind of boil in the bottom, you seal it with the top half, and there's like this pressure that forms. So the water has nowhere else to go, so it shoots up into into the top, and then you you brew your coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have like a little wooden paddle, and you kind of fold it in, and it the brew time is very quick because the water is hot and you're agitating it a lot. Um, so then it's a 90 second brew time. So when that's done, you take it off the heat and what happens is that pressure collapses. That's why it's called a vacuum pot in a vacuum form. So then the water or the brewed coffee then goes back down into the bottom half and then you have like your grounds on top. And if you've done it right, it forms a dome. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's a good, that's a very good description of it. And I recommend anybody interested, look one of these things up because they are um, very wild to watch in motion. Mm -hmm. Um, And 
doing one at a time isn't that hard. Like, you're totally right that there you do have to follow specific steps, and <laughs> there's a lot of showmanship involved if you are kind of brewing it for other people. But I know people who aren't, like, pros, and they can get through making one with some instructions on their own. Um, the coffee quality, I can't speak to because I haven't had, <laughs> had the coffee from it from someone who's not very familiar with using them, but... Yeah, and a lot of it, honestly, like, it, it's kind of both, um, you know, following the right steps, and a lot of, like, half of it is that, and then half of it is just dumb luck, because a, yeah. lot, a lot can go wrong. Sure, sure. You know? So, yeah. Well, and then the other one that uh, I, I don't know how many people are familiar with anymore, they're... Are, uh, there's a, there's a coffee type of coffee maker called a percolator that I remember I used to drink coffee from percolators all the time when I was a kid. Um, but I don't think many people now use or know that much about them. And one of the, the ways you can brew coffee in a percolator is like cowboy coffee, which is like an immersion mm-hmm. brewing where you just put the grounds in the, in the coffee in there and let it go. <laughs> yeah, I think that one, though, that involves, like, roasting the coffee directly before, though, doesn't it? It can, yeah. I've yeah. seen people suggest that. I've also seen people say that they do that and they don't roast it right before, so... But uh, but that's a that's a interesting... You should raid your grandparents' cabinets and see if you can find a coffee percolator sometime, because uh, it's an interesting <laughs> way to make coffee. I'll just have to fly back to Colorado. And- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you had some some weird ones that you had mentioned that I hadn't heard before. Some interesting um, ways of cold brewing and pour over, I want to say. Oh, you mean my janky cold brew method before <laughs> yes. I got a slide? <laughs> yes, I'm very curious. So, um, yeah, before I got... A, a toddy because I, I like making cold brew in mm-hmm. bulk. So before I had a toddy, I essentially had like a big stainless steel mixing bowl that I would put my coffee and water into. And then, so, you know, you let it slow steep for like 24 hours. Mm-hmm. And so then I would take a, a spoon and like scoop the, the grounds that came to the surface, like, you know, off and composted them because I didn't have the right filters, I would take another giant mixing bowl and, like, you know those things that you use to, like, sift flour a sieve? Mm-hmm. So I would put that in there, and then I would, like, set that on top of the empty bowl, and then I would put paper towels <laughs> over that, and then I would then pour the the coffee through that to catch any remaining grounds. And it worked for me. It was just incredibly yeah. messy, though. Yeah. Did you use that method to make like a Chemex or pour over or something too? I thought I heard somebody saying something about that and I can't remember if it was something we talked about. I don't think it was me, but you you can use Molita number four filters in a pinch. You just have to be real careful that it doesn't like fall through the, the thing. Exactly. Well, cause yeah. I have definitely heard of people like octuple stacking paper towel to use as mm. filters for making pour over, which is so funny to me because the whole point of making pour over is generally that you're like controlling parameters very tightly and mm-hmm. like going for the best flavor possible. So to use super <laughs> janky filter setup is very funny to me. 
Uh, you know, oddly enough, because the paper fil- the like, paper towels are like you know kind of thicker, mm-hmm. so you know setting it up could be like a pain in the tuchus. But I would imagine you would get pretty decent results. Sure. You know, because I mean the cold brew that I made before before I had like a regular setup was was still pretty good. Yeah. You know. I, so. I mean, it goes to show that the whole thing is a chemical process, right? Like mm-hmm. we have a lot of mechanical. Um, equipment that's built around finding the best way to make that chemical process like approachable or or um, to enhance it. But at the end of the day, brewing coffee is like hot or not even hot water. It's water bonding mm-hmm. with molecules from the coffee grounds and then you drink the result of that. Exactly. Uh, and so it's it's just interesting that you, I mean you can if you can you put your engineering mind to work, you can make all kinds of different <laughs> weird uh, setups happen. <laughs> exactly. As long as it works for you. Just, uh, you know, just please don't grind your coffee in a blender. Well, right. So that's the thing, right? That's the part of the, that's the other side of this is that there's certain things you really shouldn't do. Like if you really, like, let's say you had a fresh mortar and pestle and you you were like you know what i'm gonna do it i'm gonna grind coffee and you sat for hours and just worked on grinding grinding uh a a, you know 30 grams of beans could at the end of the day you put that in a filter and get coffee by pouring hot water over it yeah probably maybe i mean you'd probably get better good turkish you'd probably get better turkish coffee out of that because like sure you know, if it's if it's something that's that dry, you could grind it into the like the powderiness, but you'd probably end up like burning the you know just causing too much like heat like heat friction in the beans. So it probably yeah. tastes very good. And, and, and I would, mean, it's this, I use my mortar and pestle for green curry. So. Well, that's the problem too, right? Is like you could use a spice grinder to grind your beans if you wanted to, but it wouldn't mm-hmm. taste good. Nope. <laughs> the coffee would be covered. The grounds would be covered in spice residue, so exactly, it would taste because, really funky. Yeah, because like even if you like wiped it out really thoroughly, those oils the, from yeah. the spices tend to like stick. You know, no matter how much you try. So yeah, you know exactly, yeah. exactly. So um, I think that's kind of the, and it's the same thing with grinding coffee in a blender. It just doesn't work because it's mm-hmm. not built that way mechanically. I mean, you may as well at that point just slice the like slice the coffee beans in a blade chopper or grinder or something and toss them into to like a pot of water and then drain <laughs> it later you know slap like, and chop technically you'll have coffee it'll taste really bad but mm-hmm. but it'll be coffee <laughs> yeah exactly um yeah so um one of the things that that uh, we've talked a little bit about this before but um, one of the things you can definitely use uh, in it, for a bunch of different kinds of getting co- ways of getting coffees in AeroPress. Mm-hmm. So if you're interested in these sort of different weirder brew methods, you can kind of recreate a lot of different flavor profiles with with the AeroPress specifically. Yeah, you can. Um, I've just broken too many mugs to be trusted with an AeroPress. Hey, I, it's a recurring <laughs> theme. I, yep. it, I'm the same way. I they they scare me because of that, but mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to do uh it's 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 only 
it just depends on where you're doing it, I guess. Yeah. I mean, if there's a, a way for me to break glassware, I will sure. find it. Yeah. You know, I just don't want to scare people off. People. <laughs> you and I, I'm the same way, but I don't want to scare mm-hmm. people off of an AeroPress just because yeah. of, of, I won't speak for you, but my clumsiness. Um, oh, no, I'm definitely. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you can do the, you know, inversion method where you invert mm-hmm. the AeroPress while it brews and... Um, and and then there's different ways to do like you can use all kinds of different temperatures. You can yeah. focus on a a a coarser grind to create something that's a little closer and like more water if you want something that's mm-hmm. more like a drip coffee or you can like brew an almost espresso like shot on those things with a tight grind and yeah. uh, and, and then and less using water. that the the espro or not the espro. What is it? The the thing. The pris- it's from Prismo. 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 Yeah. Yes. Fellow yes. Prismo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Then that that's that tightens it up even more. And it's really cool because the AeroPress is like thirty bucks. Yeah. So you get all these different ways you can kind of play with coffee. And what's nice about it is that you can get coffee that tastes more like a press, more like drip, more like espresso by doing mm-hmm. different kinds of recipes. So if you're somebody who's interested in, um, sort of testing out a bunch of different styles of coffee and then saying like you may find oh i really like this espresso like shot the shot from a um from an aeropress with a prismo maybe it is time that i look into getting an espresso machine that's like ways you can tell so you don't run into the problem of well now i've bought a expensive espresso machine and it turns out i don't like espresso which i have seen before (laughs) yeah that's definitely it's a really good one to like like as you said just kind of experiment with I like it when other people make it for me. Yeah. 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 I have <laughs> ones that don't have the, the death touch for glassware. Look, the key is you just got to do it on a surface that's lower than you. So you're not trying to reach up and push down and then just mm-hmm. be really careful. Plenty of room away from the edge of the counter or table. So you don't knock it off the, the table it's yeah it's doable maybe maybe put a towel down i don't know yeah sure <laughs> yeah. do it over i guess carpet with a towel down so that if it falls off the table it's less likely to break the mug uh my fear when i use them is not that i'll knock it over or like i'll flip it on its side and it'll break it's always just that i'll use too much pressure and then break it like yeah hulking out which isn't really how it works it's not typically what happens usually it's more it's wobbly or on a wobbly surface and then it slips out and and goes flying um but yeah yeah if if that is a problem that you run into you can always use plastic mugs and brew at a lower water temp because that's another thing the aeropress can do you can brew at lower temperatures with higher steep times and get a kind of weird um not so hot coffee if you want there you go the interesting interesting thing too with with temperatures i mean the flavor does actually change as the coffee cools so it would be interesting to see mm-hmm. like how it would affect it if you brewed at a cooler temperature i mean i talked to somebody just the other day who said that they brew their aeropresses at like 170 something like that huh. fahrenheit and i was like that is way too cool to get any kind of extraction but they swear that they like the coffee that comes out of it. So, yeah. and it's with a well, tighter grind, I guess. So, yeah. And with that too, it's kind of one of those things where there are, you know, you can, 
extract flavor either with heat, agitation, or time. So I'm guessing maybe longer they steep. also yep. like steep sure. it longer and then also agitate it more. Yep, yep, that is yeah. indeed what they said they do. So it's it's interesting the kind of stuff you can get out of it that way. Yeah. I have also I don't know how often you this is back to the paper towel thing kind of and a thing that I was thinking about this week because of something else somebody was talking to me about. But uh, <laughs> I am a big fan of the using the wrong filter thing. Like I have seen it. I've had it happen. Not so much to me, but to people when I've been at like their houses and stuff. And then in the studio I've done or at the office, I've done this too, where all you have is a V60 and a bunch of Technovorm filters. Mm. And how are you going to make this? Or not even Technoform filters, but like basket filters. Yeah. And how are you going to make this work? And it's always an adventure. Yeah, because you can, with like a Technoform filter, you can kind of like, or rather a number four, you can kind of fold it. But yeah, basket filter, that would be, it's, would be hard. It involves a lot of like holding the edges up while you pour so that... Ah. It doesn't yeah, know, collapse on so, itself. It's so like soft compared to like a V60. I filter. have watched people tape filters to V60s so that they yeah. don't slide down. <laughs> you uh, gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah, it's the links <laughs> we'll go to for coffee is can be um, pretty funny. Uh, mm. And then somebody once when I watched this happened said, "Why don't you just get a reusable filter?" And I knew I was in the right house because everybody rolled their eyes and then continued to try to hold the filter up and. <laughs> <laughs> make it brew correctly. <laughs> so I'm not. A, I'm not a reusable filter fan. Yeah, no, because it's just that there's too much cleaning involved, and it's you can, too much cleaning. Yeah, and you can compost. You exactly. Know, you can compost coffee filters, exactly. so it's not like you're wasting it. It's you can waste, feed that to even, your plants. Even if you're not composting, the filter coffee filters are so de- they degrade so fast. Yeah, uh, <laughs> like they fall apart pretty quickly when they're wet. So mm-hmm. uh, it's not as if you are like chucking plastic into the the into the trash can or anything exactly. uh, yeah yeah um well the last couple because the, and we've kind of it's been a little scatter shot but the last couple of, of things that i think that i've been thinking a lot about are um introducing more people to the ways in which you can adjust an espresso shot or or not even adjust an espresso shot Mm-hmm. I've had a few times recently where I've pulled a shot and it's just kind of long and it's not perfect, but it still tastes pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's interesting to think about and just put into people's brains that short or long shots can actually be totally fine, even if you don't hit that specific 25 second, you know, perfect, oh, yeah. perfect time. Exactly, because you know, espresso is kind of temperamental by nature. So the the SCA guidelines are exactly that. It's a it's a guideline. So if you like the way a shot tastes at like thirty five seconds, then just you know roll with it. If you like a faster shot, even though it doesn't like fall within that parameter, if it if it tastes good, then yeah, use it. And especially too, I think if you are while you're dialing in i've heard people talk about how they're wasting coffee when they're dialing in which does happen Mm -hmm. to some degree because some stuff you just you can't enjoy it but Mm -hmm. if you pull a shot and it's not perfect but you take a sip of it and it tastes okay and it's a little bit off but still okay just drink it i mean you could just drink that and then remember change your grind a tiny bit and the next time you come back to the to the setup then do it a little bit differently so um exactly i think um the sort of the the real theme of this episode is more 
coffee isn't always perfect and that's okay it doesn't it's not like exactly. it's, it's, it's not like it's bad if it's imperfect exactly because that is you know the whole make coffee you love that's what we're all about exactly so, yes you know if you like it you like it and don't let anyone come after you and if you don't it's probably still better than some alternatives that exist exactly <laughs> even that being said as long as you're not doing it to the point where you're like breaking your machine then oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. yeah you know make what you like but also proceed with caution maybe don't grind for turkish and put it in your your espresso machine and then run a 40 second shot <laughs> yeah I, I feel like that would be an might wear your pump out a little bit yeah just a, or some just a pressure valves or, or something i know right you don't want to be like that episode of gray's anatomy where the espresso machine blows up yeah that doesn't yes yes that terrified <laughs> me for so long i know but it doesn't really happen. No, it's it doesn't. not. It's not really. I just it. like. I just like to be dramatic, Pat. Oh no, it's funny. It's <laughs> funny. But I have seen some people. <laughs> I'm not going to throw shade at anybody, but I have seen some comments. I won't say where in the past couple weeks about like this is hazardous because it's going to explode on my countertop because it had. I could smell smoke around it, and it's like okay, the power cord probably shorted or something. It's, mm-hmm. it's not going to explode. No. I promise it's not going to explode, but just I turn it off. I promise you it is <laughs> pretty much completely impossible. It is more likely that your water heater will explode than your espresso machine. I promise mm-hmm. you that. Yep, yep. <laughs> Unless you do something really heinous to it on purpose to make it explode. I don't even explode. know what you could do I guess if to you, do that. Yeah, because the amount of pressure it would take to make a, the boiler explode, like, the heating elements in the espresso machines just aren't really capable of generating that. Yeah. I guess if you had like a commercial machine and you put water in it and then you plugged it, you filled it all the way full with water and then you plugged all the, like you welded shut all of the escape valves and then you heat it with like an industrial strength oven or something, maybe, but <laughs> I love that. This is the direction that we've gone. Yeah, well, I, I I don't get that many opportunities to express how much I really would love to destroy items in our catalog. You <laughs> Not know, because I think they're bad, but because I think it'd be interesting it to see what fun. they look like after you take like, a hammer like, to them or throw them off the you roof. Mythbusters, but exactly. for coffee. Yeah. yeah. Well, sort of. I don't but necessarily. None of us have like a, an engineering background, so I feel like that would end pretty well. Look, we do have a roof, and I've floated throwing things off of it a lot of times. It's not that mm. hard to get on the roof of our office. That's all I'm saying. Oh, don't give me any ideas, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, <laughs> thank you for joining me for this uh, very fun episode yeah, of this the. Is- seattle coffee gear podcast and thank everyone so much for listening to the show if you have any questions you'd like to hear read on the show feel free to drop us a line to questions at seattlecoffeegear.com we actually have a question that we're going to be covering soon i just wanted to give it uh it's full time so um if you emailed us recently and you haven't heard back uh don't 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 panic i've 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 got it uh, and if you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to let us know and review on your podcast platform of choice. And for all of your coffee needs, be sure to check out seattlecoffeegear.com and head over to our blog and YouTube for more educational and informative content about all things coffee. We will see you next episode. Thanks for having me, Pat. Yeah, thanks. Thanks.